Hello and welcome to the Consistently Inconsistent podcast where we talk all things ADHD along with mental health as a whole. I'm your host Cody Lukens and today we are lucky to be joined by a fellow ADHD content creator, Haley Hunneman. Now I met Haley about a year ago now and right off the bat I could tell that she is just a remarkable human being. She has gained nearly 400,000 followers across her social media platforms, all focused on ADHD, autism, and other facets of mental health. And she is also a co-owner of Journey to ADHD, which is an online ADHD community and educational resource. Haley, so happy to have you here. How are you today? I am doing wonderfully. Thank you for asking. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing also wonderfully. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Haley, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how you got your start in ADHD content creation, as well as... Uh, sort of how you came about founding Journey. I'm sure it's a very interesting journey to get there. <laughs> yes, definitely. So I started with content creation, honestly, because like I was trying to find an escape in life. Like I just wanted something to focus on outside of like my own struggles that I was going through. And so I started making content. Um, and one of, I think the first video I ever made about ADHD was my, it's currently still my biggest video to ever have blown up. It got like 5 million views or something. And from there, I just started making more ADHD content as it was getting, you know, great reception and just kind of blew up from there. Um, and then, you know, my first like actual moments of like, oh, maybe this is becoming like a full-time thing and like a business type option is I got connected with Matt Rakelboom, who's my uh, business partner. And we initially started talking about all things coaching with ADHD because he's a phenomenal ADHD coach. Um, and he like really trained me up and I utilized that with my coaching business um, and started doing that primarily. And after a couple of months of doing that, Matt and I were just talking about, you know, how can we like join forces and get together and do something massive. And he had already created this ADHD platform, um, but it was really stagnant. There wasn't really anything happening. Um, and so we joined forces and started talking about how to make that um, not just a community space, but you know, a space for education and resources and to connect you with people. And um, we have massive goals for it to eventually become a space where people can get diagnoses. Like we want it to be this huge thing. And so it really started with like, truthfully, friendship. It started there with Matt and um, has just kind of grown and grown. And now we've got our monthly subscription service option for like courses and books and webinars and like worksheets. And there's just so many things for people to connect, uh, connected with. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with, with, with that now, but we've only been doing that with journey for the last couple of months. And so we're just going to continue to see it grow, which is cool. Yeah, I was going to comment that that was a lot of things in what I know is a very short span of time. That, that yes. was only about a year, correct? Something yeah. around that? I made my first ADHD video in January of this year. Wow. So in less than a year, it has all kind of happened and like my life completely switched. So yeah, it's been a very fast turnaround. <laughs> what have you noticed are some of the main differences, both positive and negative, from your corporate job before this to doing full-time content creation and managing your own business now? Yeah, I mean, the, the huge positive is that I have a say in what happens day to day. Um, I really, really struggled with the nine to five mentality. I super struggled with that. I spent a lot of time like pretending I was working versus actually working because if I did like the bare minimum, I wouldn't want to do anything else because I wasn't interested in it. I wasn't passionate about it and I wasn't seeing any financial gain from it. And so I was just like showing up, doing the bare minimum, leaving and just kind of feeling like 
so depressed all the time. Um, and transitioning into this space where like I'm my, my own boss and I'm a content creator, I get to wake up and decide what I'm doing every single day, which is like so exciting and fun. And like it fluctuates from day to day. And is it hard? Fuck yeah. It's really <laughs> hard. It can be extremely challenging to be your own boss, but um, at the end of the day, like the, the biggest shift from working in a corporate world and a corporate job to working for myself is that I don't hate my life every single day. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy change. my work. Yeah. I like <laughs> actually like what I'm doing. So that's been a really, really important shift for me. <laughs> so we, we talked about this in the episode of your podcast that we actually just recorded. Uh, you mentioned that a lot of your listeners are people that have said to you either directly or indirectly oh, I'm, in, I'm interested in starting my own business. I'm interested in being my own boss. What are some of the, the key tips you would give people to take that first step on that journey? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that like being your own boss, it's there's a lot of upsides, but there's also a lot of downsides. And the biggest thing for me is that you lose complete accountability from anybody else uh, when you're working by yourself. Um, and before I was working with Matt and I was working as, you know, just doing coaching by myself, it was really hard to motivate myself to like take those first initial steps because there was nobody saying like, Haley, you have to do this by this day. This is the deadline. It was very much just like you get to do it when you want. And so, um, I would say like, if you are considering starting in business and doing your own sort of like work by yourself, it's setting tangible goals that are you know, achievable and realistic because, you know, for myself, I could have continually said like, well, next month I'll take on my first coaching client. Well, you know, maybe I'm not ready next month. I'll take it on. And I could have kept doing that, but I held myself accountable by throwing it out online and being on socials and being like, this is the day I am doing it. Here it is. I'm putting it out there for the world. Now everybody knows, and it's going to be too embarrassing not to do it on that day. So I have to. So, you know, it's finding external ways to like motivate yourself and keep yourself held accountable. Um, because I, I, I think that that is the hardest first step is like just doing it <laughs> and I not really, continually pushing it. I really like that strategy of mm-hmm. almost sort of making your audience on social media, holding you accountable yeah. for things. <laughs> I might start doing that where I'll, maybe I'll post on my Instagram saying, okay, guys, I'm going to have dinner at six. If I don't post my dinner at six, yell at me until I yep. do. Yeah. I, you'll be surprised like that, that people like really get into it too. Right. right. Like when I started posting that I was uh, considering doing coaching and that I was going to take on some consultations, like I just got flooded, flooded mm. with messages. I couldn't even keep up with the amount of people that wanted a consultation. And so it was like, okay, people are booking in and there's nothing I can do about that now. Like it is out of my control. I'm being held accountable by the fact that everyone is having to self book themselves into this thing and it's just happening. So it was, it was really nice to like transition into doing it because I, I couldn't just walk away from it. <laughs> right. And announcing things ahead of time, I'm sure also gives you some extra mental time to prepare for whatever it is you're embarking on. Yeah, exactly. It gives me like a realistic expectation of like what has to be done before then too, because I know like a big ADHD struggle with business and work in general is like looking at the whole picture Mm -hmm. versus being able to break it down into tangible steps. Um, And so it was, it's really nice to be able to say like, this is the due date for myself. This is the day I'm saying the first part of this business is beginning. Okay. Well to have that happen, I need to have this happen. And you kind of work backwards and then realize like, okay, what is step one? that's what I'm working on today. And Mm -hmm. it just makes it way more tangible to kind of work towards something versus like this massive project or idea that has no completion date or end date that you're actually working towards. So that was kind of my model of 
getting into it. <laughs> that ties in very well with, uh, have you read the book Atomic Habits? I have not, but I have heard I, of it. I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah. What you're saying pretty much sums up one of the chapters. So I guess if anyone listening, you can go ahead and skip that chapter. Um, <laughs> essentially, he talks about how when you set your goals to be these big, far away things mm -hmm. and then try to just work towards those uh, ambiguously, when you actually get there, it doesn't feel like you actually achieved something. You feel let down because you right. didn't. You, now you don't know what the next step is going to be. You've spent all mm -hmm. this time working towards this one thing. And so rather than taking that approach, uh, picking, like you said, one thing a day or one thing a week and just saying, okay, I'm going to focus and I'm going to work on this. I'm going to try to get 1% better at whatever it is I'm doing every day. Mm -hmm. And by setting those tiny little incremental goals that you're continuously reaching, you feel as if you're continuously making progress and getting closer to where you want to be. Yeah. And, and so it's just about changing your mindset and reframing how you view those long-term projects. I, I love that response. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, a big portion of ADHD can be time blindness, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a client of mine that has uh, went through Kickstarter and made a beautiful D&D &D campaign, Gloaming Wild, if you're interested in D&D. &D. And um, one of his big struggles was not recognizing how long something would take him. Um, and, you know, like everything seemingly taking either too long or getting really fast through something and then being like, oh my God, I have to go on to this next thing. And so it's, you know, starting to recognize like, realistic timelines mm -hmm. versus just goal timelines because I can say like I want to get this one task done uh, in working towards starting a business um, and in my head I can be like I need to get this done like today and then it doesn't happen and the momentum slows down and that fear of failure comes out and this rejection sensitivity shows up and it's like the pendulum stops right and so making realistic expectations that's like you know, I could maybe get this done in a day, but I'm going to give myself three days because if I have like this longer, you know, timeline towards it, I'm not going to feel so bad if it takes me longer. Um, cause I found that with myself, I just like lose track of time completely mm -hmm. and will, you know, things take longer or shorter than expected. And that can really like hold things up completely. Speaking of that, uh, that fear of failure and that rejection mm -hmm. sensitivity, have you, I'm guessing you've experienced quite a bit of that on <laughs> yes. your journey the past year. And I'm sure before that as well, yeah. what are some of the main ways that you've, that those have manifested and how have you overcome them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first started making content, like, like I said, I was doing it as a way of like avoiding my own problems. And I was just like, I'm just going to make content to distract myself. Um, and when people I started knowing started seeing my content because one of my first videos went uh, very viral, it was really weird and scary and this fear of failure that like, well, maybe I'm like a one hit wonder and that's it started, you know, peeking in and I was scared. And when I started doing coaching for the first time, I was like, what if I just suck at this? Like, what if I'm really bad at it? And what if I can't help people? And I was terrified by that. But after doing my first couple coaching sessions with clients, I had this realization because I tangibly saw somebody get help from what I was offering them. And I realized that, okay, I have made a difference in the life of just one person, that that difference would never have happened if I didn't exist, if I yeah, didn't make this step. Yeah, and it's, it's super big. And it kind of gave me this peace of mind that at the end of the day, I have helped people, I will continue to help people. And, you know, I don't need to be fearful of fear because I've accomplished what my goal is. And my goal is to help as many people as possible. And I'm doing that right now. And I'm seeing that grow. And so 
you know, there's less fear of failure because I'm already achieving what my ultimate goal is. That is wonderful. Oh my goodness. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in our, in our, the past episode on your podcast as well, we talked about how ADHD people seem to be drawn to being their own boss into yeah. entrepreneurship. Um, what are some of the ways that ADHD lends itself well to being your own boss? Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the main difficulties? We've, t- we've touched on them a little bit in terms of time management, yeah. uh, rejection sensitivity, et cetera. But from your experience, how, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, some of the, the greatest things about my ADHD is that, you know, I, I always say ADHD is an interest-based disorder, right? Meaning that I can ignore my dishes for two months because I don't want to do them and I'm not interested in doing those things. But, you know, I've started making earrings for myself and I will spend 12 hours a day making earrings because I'm interested in it, right? <laughs> and so when it comes to business... I am extremely interested in ADHD and I'm extremely interested in helping people. And it just like propels me forward. Like this ADHD symptom of becoming deeply passionate about something and hyper fixating on it allows me to just, you know, thrive and succeed in what I'm doing. Um, But, you know, at the same time, ADHD also lends itself to massive amounts of burnout because of that. That same hyperfixation that, you know, can be fun for video games and can be fun for making earrings on the side. Um, being hyperfixated every single day, nonstop on a passion or business can be really tiring. Yeah. Um, it can take I, a toll on your body and health, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, cause exactly. I don't know about you, but when I'm hyperfocusing on something, I won't eat properly. I will yes. not drink enough water. I will not get enough sleep. Yeah. And that, that just hastens your route to <laughs> yes. burnout so quickly. Absolutely. And we never talk about that. I feel like as business owners, right. That, you know, if you're really, really passionate about what you're doing, it can completely take you away from everything else. Like, yeah. you know, I, I naturally secluded myself when I started in my business because that was the only thing I wanted to do. It was the only thing I wanted to focus on. And it was, been a, it's been a journey to figure out balance. And mm-hmm. like a big part of that for me was getting help uh, in my business. And so now I'm not the only person doing it. You know, I work with Matt as a co-owner, but I also have an assistant who's able to help me like manage my life so that I don't feel so chaotic all the time. I feel like there's clear balance and, um, yeah, that, that's just been really helpful for like maintaining it because I think, you know, the percentage, I don't know exactly, but it's like 90% of businesses fail within the first year because that kind of momentum is really hard to keep up. And it's especially hard for the ADHD brain when we're so susceptible to burnout. So yeah, managing your symptoms as a business owner is like absolutely crucial. If you Mm -hmm. ignore all of your symptoms and you're like, I'm just going to ride this wave of hyperfixation, you will burn out like absolutely without a doubt. So what are some tips that you'd recommend to somebody interested in getting their start and Mm. say they're not really sure how to take that first step. And once they take it, they don't know how to keep that momentum going in a stable and sustainable way. Yes. So before even taking the first step, um, there's something that I call the four essentials of uh, mental health, whether it's ADHD or something else. Um, The four things being sleep, eating, um, exercise, and water. Those four things fundamentally need to be managed every single day well. If you're not managing how much you're sleeping and you're sleeping two hours a night, like it's not sustainable, right? And that's the same with all of those things. Um, So, you know, focusing on that first, having those things managed, because you'll be surprised at how many people I talk to that 
I bring those four things up and they're like, wow, all of those are so shit for me right now. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay. It'd be really hard to make a massive move in business right now if you're not even eating every single day. Um, so focusing on those and then honestly, it's a, a scary piece of advice, but you will never feel 100% ready ever. You will true. never feel that way. Very and so true. it's kind of like at a certain point, you just need to take that leap of faith and believe in yourself that you're capable of doing it, right? Um, so yeah, managing your essential things every single day to make sure that your symptoms can keep up with the pace of the business that you're working towards um, and giving yourself the opportunity for that leap of faith because otherwise you're just going to be held back forever. Speaking of leaps of faith, both of us have taken very significant leaps of faith in the last year with our businesses. Yeah. Uh, I invested everything, both in terms of, of time, money, and mm-hmm. energy into uh, stim eggs. And that, you know, paid dividends, so to speak. It hasn't actually paid dividends. It's a privately <laughs> held con- Anyways, but, yeah. uh, besides the point, um, and you, I, this was actually, this was my first job, I suppose. I, I've never mm. been, I guess, employed by someone other than myself. Right. Um, so I feel like in a way it was honestly less of a risk and less of a jump for me to transition from the freelance work yeah. I was doing before to this. How was it transitioning from your your corp- corporate job to this? Uh, and we, we've touched on this a bit already, but how did you know, like, okay, this this is the moment I'm doing it now? Because I feel like that's something it'd yeah. be very easy to get caught up on of, oh, okay, I can do this later. I'll do it next week, next month, uh, next year. What was the moment for you that made it clear, like, okay, this is this is it? I'm going to be really honest with you. I got fired. That was the moment. <laughs> it honestly... <laughs> That'll do it. That will do it. It was because I was so passionate about what I was doing that I didn't care about my work anymore, which showed. And mm-hmm. I was spending... I was working from home for a different company that, like, great company, and I loved them, and they were so supportive, and I feel really bad that I didn't do the greatest job. <laughs> but... Um, I was spending a lot of my time working from home, making a video and, and, you know, replying to messages. And I was naturally doing it because I was interested in it. And eventually I got fired from my job because I just was not able to like maintain doing something I'm super passionate about and something I'm completely not passionate about. Um, and so I got fired and, you know, I had this massive fear just immediately be like, oh my God, now what do I do? And it was really a kick in the butt to be like, you know, there's no better time than now. You have literally nothing to lose. I had a bit of savings, uh, uh, you know, prepared so that I could probably have made no money for like three to four months and felt okay. So I was like, okay, here's my timeline, three to four months, see kind of how it goes. And I just dove in with, you know, my whole, my whole chest. Whole self. (laughs) Yep. And it worked out. But, you know, sometimes we don't have that opportunity of like, you're fired. Now go work on your passions. Right. <laughs> right. But I think it was more so the like the fact that I didn't want to do anything else. All I wanted to do was create content. All I wanted to do was figure out how to help more people. And that should have been my indicator of like, go do it then. Mm-hmm. Stop just wasting time with this business and, and start really diving into your own business. So I think that a lot of people can probably, you know, associate that feeling with the, where they're at right now, too. What was something that in your mind differentiated? Uh, you mentioned how passionate you were about doing this. Yeah. I'm also I'm passionate about playing video games, but I mm-hmm. know intuitively that I can't make that my career. <laughs> like what 
what was it for you that made you realize, okay, I'm not just passionate about this because I enjoy doing it and it's fun, but I'm passionate about this in a way where I know I can make this into a career. I, I don't know yeah. if that question made sense. Let me no, know. No, totally. It totally makes sense. I think, um, I have a lot of like random passions that, you know, I, you, you might be like, oh, well maybe you could make a job out of that. But I look at those same things like, you know, my my passion for rock climbing and my passion for making earrings. Um, I can recognize that those things like at some point I'll get tired of them. Yeah. You know, like I I have passions in my life that have like uh, special interests that have fluctuated over time. Um, but mental health has been a passion of mine that has never fluctuated. It has forever been the forefront of my mind. You know, I was diagnosed with uh, general anxiety disorder at four years old. So <laughs> this has followed me for a very long time and has been a part of my life for a very long time. And I've talked about it for a very long time and I never get tired talking about it. Um, and, you know, there are moments where I'm like, man, I really don't want to make earrings right now. Or, man, mm -hmm. I really don't want to go rock climbing right now there are very few moments that I'm like, man, I really don't want to talk about ADHD right now. I, I love just constantly being a part of it and what it provides to me. So it's kind of just like the, the fact that it's followed me my entire life and it has been sustainable up until this point. And so I don't know why it wouldn't continue to be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel as if there's certain aspects of working within mental health uh, or specifically, I suppose, ADHD, autism, anxiety, uh, do you feel like it ever negatively affects your own mental health, constantly being so aware and conscious of issues that you struggle with uh, because you have to be aware of them in order to do your job? Yeah, I honestly, something that I've recognized in the last uh, couple months is that I will give a piece of advice to a, a coaching client that I have and then realize, shit, I'm not doing that for myself. Yeah. Right? Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah, and, and there have been moments where, like, I will ask them about the four essentials, and I'll be like, have you drank water today? Like, maybe that's why you're feeling really groggy right now. And they're like, oh, my God, you're right. I haven't actually drank water in two days. And I'm like, holy shit, I haven't drank water in two days. <laughs> and it's crazy that I'm now, you know, giving you a new suggestion. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of constantly being reminded that, like, I'm not always practicing what I preach and that can sometimes give you like the imposter syndrome in that right. situation, which I struggle with a lot, but, um, I'm learning that like, you know, ADHD, uh, in and of itself as a disorder is one that fluctuates and that, you know, I need to be patient with myself and allow myself to like do amazing things one day and the next day, like not have the capacity to do anything. And that's just kind of like what life with ADHD looks like for me. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think accepting that is, is huge yeah. because if you, you know, you'll have days where maybe you're consistently operating at 70% of your right. total capacity, I suppose. And then you'll have a day where you're 110%, you get everything done. You feel amazing. You eat well, you exercise, you get enough sleep. It's amazing. And you want to yeah. do that every day, but that's just not a possibility. And so coming to terms with the fact that you can't be at 110% every day, um, and just accepting and, and when those days come being like, yes, today is one of those days. I'm going to make the most of it, but not expecting every day to be like that. Cause right. then you'll, you'll just be sad. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, man, I could, why I could I make it like more complicated, day? but you, at the end of the day, you'll just be sad. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. It, it, you know, expecting to not know what is like your, your feelings are always going to be like that. Yeah. That has been a very big thing for me. Yeah, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Mon my Monday was killer. I got mm. so much done. I felt amazing. Yesterday, I tried to work for several hours. I don't think I did anything at all. 
Yeah. Uh, and I was really mad at myself about that. But, you know, once again, do as I say, not as I do. I'm realizing through this call that I need to be better about forgiving myself for having those days when I don't get a ton done. I think how to ADHD yeah. calls them bad brain days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just appreciating the days that are good. Yeah, exactly. And I would even suggest that those days aren't even necessarily bad days in and of themselves. Like they are important for us because our brains run at 200% capacity (laughs) at all times. It's important to have days where you're like, I'm going to do nothing today. That's a good point. Got to cool down a little. Yeah. We need those recharge periods or else, you know, like if you think about like a PC, we're going to overheat if we're running at that kind of capacity for super long. And so I get overstimulated after a certain period of time and it's a consistent thing for me. And so I'll have overstimulation days where I just like turn off all the lights. I'll just sit and I'll I'll watch some TV, just drink coffee throughout the day. And it's like, great, my body needed that. And I never feel bad about it anymore. I'm just like, cool. How cool is it that I recognize what I need? Um, And so it's more of just like an excitement. Like, oh man, I'm getting so much better. (laughs) (laughs) That is exciting. Yeah. So Haley, we both work from home. We're both ADHD. We both own our own businesses, both do social stuff. What are some of the main tips and tricks you have for living and sleeping and existing, working, relaxing, everything all in the same space? Yeah. Um, well, I have made my home very ADHD friendly. I actually uploaded a YouTube video about it, so feel free to go watch. <laughs> Just a little self-plug. But I, I think one of the big things is that... Um, I have a very clear difference between my working space and my relaxation space. I mean, you'll see that my office is in my living room, right? But it's very much blocked off in a way that I'm not looking at that. I'm not looking at my TV all all day. I am looking at just like a wall in front of me. And so um, it allows me to have this space specifically for work. Um, Having scent options with me, like at all times, like I'll always have a roller or a bomb or something with me. Um, I'll have sensory things. Like I have a massive basket of fidget toys next to me at all times. (laughs) I have a spike pad underneath my desk to get my feet stimulated. Like I've always got something around me um, to kind of benefit my ADHD because at a certain point in the day, after sitting on a computer for a while, um, you know, there are days that I do five coaching calls right in a row. And it's like kind of brutal on those days, but I'm like, man, I am so set up. I grab a different fidget toy. I put a different scent on, stimulate my feet and keep moving. And it's just that like reminder that, you know, your ADHD doesn't just like pause when your work starts. And so it's continually managing it throughout the day. Um, but yeah, differentiating my space slightly enough that I feel work in work mode here. And when I go into my bedroom, or if I relax on the couch, I feel relaxed. Yeah. So there's like a, a slight differentiation between the two, which feels nice. I also like what you mentioned about working, sort of working with your ADHD instead of yeah. against it, knowing that having those items there to create those transitions, those different, uh, you know, sensory items, whether it's a fidget toy, a new scent um, makes things easier for you. And then rather than worrying about like, oh, someone on my call might think this is weird, just doing what you need to do for yeah. you and uh, just rolling with that exactly yeah at the end of the day it's also appreciated by a lot of people I hear that all the time is that like I'm constantly I have something in my hands at all time and you know I have like my fun lights in the background and um it's all for my benefit but my clients that I work with really appreciate it because they feel like they can do the same stuff right like they can also be using their fidget toys yeah it's really nice 
Yeah, I, I also am very much the same way. I've had this Ono roller uh, that I've been using this whole call and for the call we did before this. It is wonderful. Ono yeah. rollers would recommend. Not sponsored, but they're great. I also am not sponsored by them, but have one and they are amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Haley, we're just about ready to wrap up here. Is there anything you want to leave with and where can we find you? Oh, you can find me everywhere. I'm in your closet currently. No, uh, you can find me on YouTube um, at Haley Honeyman. You can find me Instagram, TikTok at Haley Honeyman. Um, I'm kind of all over the socials, but the big area that you can find me right now is in the Journey to ADHD app, which um, there's a link in my bio. Um, You can find us. It's only $5 to join for life. And then you have the options of like getting additional resources there if you'd like to, or just being a part of like the conversations that happen all the time. I'm actually going live there uh, 30 minutes from today, like our call today. So I'm kind of going live frequently in there. So people can find me there mostly. (laughs) All right. Haley, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I guess I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye.